Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur climbing the corporate ladder or a work-from-home parent, you are a boss. If you desire to make your life extraordinary, to reach and exceed your personal and professional goals, and learn from other strong leaders, then the Boss Lady Podcast is for you. As an entrepreneur, mother, wife, and former CEO, I share lessons and stories of both personal and professional successes and failures. Join me along with a diverse list of guests as we break down strategies, tools, and techniques that will enhance your career and your life. Together, we will embrace, empower, and educate each other. I am Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. As you just heard, I am Teresa Rand of the Boss Lady Podcast, the Boss Lady Community, Teresa Rand Consulting, all those things. You can go to TeresaRand.com and find out anything you want to know about me, probably more than you want to know about me. I will tell you, Teresa is spelled without an H, just T-E-R-E-S-A. That is the only commercial I do on my podcast because I like to focus on the guest. Recording my podcast is absolutely the most fun thing I do in all of my business endeavors because I get to meet some of the most fascinating people. And today is no different. You will love Annie. She has a great sense of humor. She's a motivational speaker, award-winning author. I have all of her books and she's just a happy person no matter what it seems like. (laughs) I've known you, I guess, for a year or two, Annie. Would that be fair? Something like that? About a year yeah, we met through the Speakers Association, and um, you had, you actually did either a workshop or a talk or something that I listened to before I met you or, or watched before I actually met you in person. But welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes, I think I did either an academy presentation or a mental wellness presentation. I- That's what it was. It was the mental wellness thing. That's exactly. I remember that now. I remember that. And you are routinely on LinkedIn live, right? I'm kind of everywhere. I'm just like spreading (laughs) joy and love and pineapple messages all over the place. So I try to really reach out through video and audio to reach people and encourage them. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about the pineapple method, because if people haven't heard of you yet, they don't know what that is. The pineapple principle is really, it came to me because someone called me a pineapple, then they taught me the pineapple poem, which is cute. But I I always think we all have a story behind our story. So I was like, what is the story behind this cute little poem? And it's about stand up, see people, um, wear a crown, value yourself and be sweet on the inside. And I thought, well, if we stand up straight, we're not looking down at our phone. We're looking out at people. And oh my gosh, people are lonely. I meet so many lonely people everywhere I go is I feel alone. I work alone. I live alone. So when we stand up straight and we actually look people in the eye, instead of looking down our phone, it makes people feel good to be seen. And then I think about valuing myself. If I value myself, if I wear that crown, I'll take better care of myself. And then I'm also going to want to take better care of you. And if I'm sweet on the inside, like a pineapple, well, then my words, my keyboard, my text will be kind and encouraging and loving. And so that's what the pineapple, it was a poem. Then it's a pineapple principle. I say, I got a pineapple people movement going. So I just invite people, will you join me in seeing, valuing, and being sweet to one another in a world that doesn't always feel seen, valued, or kind? Amen. 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 (laughs) 
We need it more than ever. So one of the things that I've often debated with people and had conversations more more than debated with people is motivation. You know, you hear the word a lot, but if somebody needs motivating, and I think every person needs motivating pretty often, I think. Would that be fair to say? Probably daily for most people, right? Right. Because we don't wake up jumping for joy every day. We do some days, but you know, there's, there's days we don't, or we wake up jumping for joy. And then all of a sudden smack something happens that kind of robs us of our joy. So my question is, you do this for a living. So do you find that people need more outside motivation or are they internally motivated or is it a combination? What do you find? It's a great question, Teresa. And I think a lot of people wonder. So I do fall under the category as a motivational speaker. And then people are like, what does that mean? You know, and then other people say, right. oh, she's a communication expert. She's a mental wellness expert. But I think motivation for me, I look for motivation. What motivates me? I look to be around motivated and inspired people. So what I say is you can call me motivational speaker or inspirational speaker, but what happens is motivation and inspiration can quickly wear away. They can quickly disappear. So what my desire, whenever I speak or teach or coach is I want to motivate motivational, inspirational, activational. And that's where choice comes in. You know, Teresa, so every day we get up and we have our to-do list mentally or written and we have to decide, are we going to take action? So for me, I stay motivated by actionable by results. I'm very highly motivated by results. So I have a list of 10 things I want to do every day. But if I do three, I'm like, motivation gets me going. Inspiration gets me going. Activation keeps me going. So motivation is like combined, like what I see and what I wish for is motivation for me and inspired. But what I do, that activational piece is what keeps me motivated. Oh my gosh, I wrote another book. Oh my gosh, I made three calls today and got a new coaching client. I booked a speaking engagement. I'm motivated to do that. I'm inspired, but it's the action we take that keeps us motivated. And so I don't always wake up motivated, though I am a morning person, but I try during the day going, (laughs) what can I do that I'm going to feel so good about at the end of the day that if I don't do anything else, I'm going to feel great. And that motivates me for the next day and the next day and the next day. So, yeah, and I think that that's so important because it's one thing to be motivated. It's another thing to use that in a positive way to make to have momentum, I guess. You know, I wake up and I'm motivated to get a workout in that day. But if I don't actually put on my workout clothes (laughs) pretty early, it may not happen because something even though I was truly motivated to do it but for whatever reason i did not follow through so i think that's a that's a great what were the three things you said you said motivated because people call me motivational speaker and i say i'm motivational i'm inspirational but that inspiration the inspiration will only last about 10 minutes or five minutes or one day if i'm lucky but it's activation so when i speak i'm like i'm glad that i'm making you feel good i'm leaving what I want is you to take action on your own life so you can move forward. So activational right. is my, like, I want to be known as an activational speaker that people go, oh my gosh, after I heard Annie, I was motivated, but I took action because that's made that right, choice. Right. Change happens, right? All of that. We can think about it, you know, but until we put it into action, it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. I, I know I use similar language. It's different. But when I do executive level coaching or any, any coaching, you know, I, even in my, in my agreement, it says, you know, I can take you through steps. We do all this stuff. We have all these conversations. We do all this deep dive. But if you aren't coachable and willing to do the work, mm-hmm. I can't make it magic for you, you know. But having said that, you know, you can probably tell we, I lean on being self-motivated. But having said that, there are people that I surround myself with that motivate oh, me. Yeah. And that's an intentional choice. And I think, like you said, you come and you speak and you go home, but then who are those four or five people that I spend all my time with? And where do they fall on that scale? So when you, when you think about that, how do you give us tips on making sure you're surrounded by motivational people all the time, not just at a conference or where you hear somebody. I'm super intentional about this. And since you said I have a sense of humor, which I totally do mostly laughing at myself, I just want you to know how my morning started today. Um, I got up and I went shopping yesterday, which is like when women like to shop, I do not like to shop other than grocery shopping. I love food. I've always loved food. It has to do with food scarcity from my childhood, but I bought chocolate milk and mini powdered donuts. So I got up with the good intention of working out. It looks like you're drinking a smoothie. Good for you. And I was going to work out. And then I was like, no, I don't want to work out. I want to sit on the couch and eat chocolate, eat powdered donuts and drink chocolate milk. So I did. And about 10 minutes into it, I was like, come on, Annie. Let's let's get a restart here. I'm like, I'm tired. Nope. Like I argue with myself all the time. So I I stopped that. I finished. I didn't not eat the donuts because I'm all about taking care of yourself and not food shaming. I ate my three little mini donuts and then I listened to Jim Quick, who is about um, brain and memory. And I listened to him on my phone and I was like, Yep, I got him. I got to do this. And what is he talking about? He's talking about eating walnuts and avocados and blueberries. I'm like, Jim, quit looking in my house right now. So I had that. And then there's this woman who is my motivational speaker. She's my best friend. She has no idea I exist in the world, but her name is Shelly. She's from Australia. She spells it funny like S-C-H. But if you go to fabulous50s.com, she has 10,000 videos out there from three minutes to seven to 10. And she says, we do not move our body to punish ourselves for how we ate. We move our body because we are amazing. We're fabulous. Who cares if we're 50? And I... I literally watch four of her videos and work out with her. Sometimes I just watch her videos to inspire me, but they're three minutes to 30 minutes, but I need that. Like she, the whole time, not only are we moving our body in joy, the whole time she's saying, you are amazing. I don't care if you sit down and do these exercises. Did your arm move? Let's celebrate. She's so positive. She's so short. I can take her with me on the road when I'm traveling. So Jim Quick, working on my memory, Shelly, working on being fabulous 15. I'm not admitting to being 50, but I'm just saying for any man or woman, she's fabulous. And, she's over 50. and then I go to NSA. Like when I meet people and they're like, I'm like, I have to be around other speakers. This is the weirdest business in the world. And, and I have to be around positive people. I have to be around people that get what I do. And as you said, Teresa, I, I will love anyone. I will love you where you're at. I will love you where you sit, but I will also let you go. So when I'm coaching someone and we've met multiple Mm -hmm. times and they're not doing anything that I suggested or that they suggested and said they were going to do, I just let them go in love. I say, you know what? I don't want to waste my time or your money. I'm going to let you go because I want to surround myself 
with people that have goals, that have vision, that don't let excuses stop them. My business in the beginning was called No More Excuses for You. And as a gym owner for 12 years, I met so many people with excuses. And I was like, but what if, what if even if everything's falling down around you, you do three laps around your kitchen and you celebrate that? What if instead of mm. being good or bad, you just let yourself eat what you want to eat without beating yourself up because shame keeps us stuck. And what I want to help people mm. soar, you know, that that's my vision this year really so much is like, how do we get from swimming, surviving, being stuck to soaring through life? And it's about rising above excuses, challenges, obstacles to really say, I'm not settling for mediocre anymore. I've done that. I've been there. I want extraordinary from myself, yeah. from the people around me. So I, I'm super intentional about what I listen to. I don't watch the news. I listen to uplifting music. I mean, I am always feeding my mind positivity and encouragement from people, from videos, um, from books. So, yeah. You know, there's so much in all of that. I'm trying to, I'm going to have to write down because I'm like, no, I want to ask about that. I want to ask about that. Well, the first thing I want to do is say, mine's not chocolate milk and donuts. Mine is potato chips and dip. <laughs> when I go to the grocery store and come home, sometimes only with potato chips, my husband goes, oh, I think I'll go to the golf course. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, you know, because sometimes that's just what I need, want, and dead gum and I'm going to have it and I'm going to watch a Lifetime movie. And then you know, as long as I don't do it two or three days in a row, I, I, you know, I can jump back on the the wagon of mostly being healthy. Yeah. You know, and I think I, I had a nutritionist friend that was actually on the podcast. She said, you know, it's really 80% of the time or even you know, eat a salad along with everything else you eat that day. You know, there's little things. It's not all or nothing. It's not all or nothing. And then you mentioned NSA. And for our listeners that don't know what NSA is, that's the National Speakers Association. Yeah. And that's actually how I met Annie. We were both in the same chapter in Central Florida. So she lives in, in uh, Fort Myers. Well, lives in the villages now, but lived in Fort Myers. And, um, you're originally, though, from the Midwest, correct? I lived many years in Minnesota. Yes, yes. Lots. Yeah. So, well, welcome. we're glad to have you in yes. Florida. <laughs> glad to have you in yeah. Florida. But I, I liked what you said about letting people go, you know, because that's important sometimes. And it's not always easy, especially if it's family, you know, um, you know, and you don't always have to let them go, but you limit your time. Yeah. You limit your space, you you set boundaries, all of those things. I think you know, that's very, very important in keeping yourself motivated and upbeat. The the lady you mentioned, Shelly, you're gonna have to send me, email me the direct link to her so I can put it in the show notes because everybody, including myself, we want to look her up, give her a shameless plug and she won't even know it, so, right? That's what I say. She's my best friend. She's never met me. She does not know. We get up every morning together and I go, Shelly, I don't want to be here. And she says, I know you don't, but I'm so glad you're here. And she just encourages her audience and her listeners. So yeah. I think you said it, the other thing that you said is, you know, you have these conversations with yourself all day and, and I don't know about all everybody else listening, but that really struck home with me because I do that all day. And when I work from home a lot yeah. and I know there's all these things I need to be doing, but it's not people facing. So I'm not letting anybody down. If I don't do it, I have to encourage myself. 
you still need to be doing it, you know, and, and I have this conversation with myself a lot and sometimes I win, sometimes I don't, <laughs> sometimes I eat potato chips, you know, so, but it is, I think we think we're the only people that do that and we're not. Right. And, and it's okay yes. to give yourself that grace is what I would call it, yeah. that it is okay to have those moments and not to be upbeat and happy and fired up and ready to go all the time. To be human, right? right? To be human. When people say, I will say, yeah. I have to work. And they'll say, I'll say, oh, I just have this crazy boss. They're so hard on me. They make me work every day. They're like, who's your boss? I'm like, I'm my boss. And I would like to be at the village yeah. out golfing and playing football all day long. <laughs> but if I do not sit at my desk, I will not be speaking and coaching and writing books. I have to be disciplined. And yesterday I was hearing if you do what's difficult, that habit over and over, it just becomes, it becomes a habit. If you do what's difficult, it becomes a habit, right? And so, Teresa, I do think that is why the National Speaker Association is so precious to me is we get it. We get each other that the majority of the time we spend alone in our offices, in our space. Yeah. And then sometimes we're out in a crowd and then it's really lonely. And then you're out with a lot of people and then you're all by yourself. And I think that dance and that not knowing and planning out your schedule a year and a half and missing things is part of the challenge of this business, but there's so many gifts in the rewarding work we do yeah. that it's worth it. And um, I think you said the word grace, grace for you, grace for me, and boundaries around friends or family that are negative or try to talk down is how part of me protecting myself and staying positive and motivated is knowing when I need to take a break or set up boundaries around a short visit with someone who isn't as healthy as they could be. And it's hard on me to watch. So. Yeah. So I, you know, we talk about grace. It, it brought me to and I'm picking up a notebook here that I, a friend of mine who does a course called Best Life Ever. Mm -hmm. I'm taking her course for the first time and she's a speaker. She's an author. I met her through a, a mutual friend. We we tell each other that it was the best blind date we ever had oh. because she happened to go to a trainer that I was using and the trainer met her because a friend brought her and she immediately told Joanna, you have to meet Teresa. And she called me and the trainer did her text and said, you have to meet Joanna. So we both were like, okay, if Juanita says we have to, then we have to. We met for 1130 for lunch. And at 230, she's way younger than me. She has small children. 230, she went, oh, I've got to go get my kids. <laughs> so. We joke, and so I've, I've been wanting to take her, her course. So last night was night one, but one of the things she has us doing for the next seven days is writing down gratitude, you know, pick a number. She said, I like the number 11. You pick whatever number you want, and then write down your moments, things that you do that make you go, ah, but then also write things down, things that you do that make you go, ah. So I, all day long, I've been thinking about that and I'm carrying my notebook around from room to room. And what I'm finding, the point of bringing this up, is that when I focus on the gratitude and the things that make me go awe, I mean, I just, right before we got on the call, I had a lunch break. I went in the kitchen, made a pot of soup, a recipe I've been wanting to try. It's on the stove. That made me go awe. And then I look at my, what makes me go ah uh, list I can't think of anything 
because I've got all these things written down that have happened to me since I got out of bed that we're grateful, I'm grateful for, and are all moments, and I'm getting chill bumps. Mm. I'm like, is it really that simple? Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. I, I think that it, it is. is. I think what we focus on is what we see, right? If I am like, okay, Teresa, just make a list of everything that's miserable in your life. Make a list, and that's all you were thinking about. Okay, I got to look for what I'm unhappy about. That's what you would see. But you started with that gratitude. One of my girlfriends and I were talking last night. We said, let's text each other every morning. What are we looking forward to as a win or what did we have as a win the day before? Let's just focus on our wins. We have so many wins. And as a speaker, as a coach, a lot of times it can be you're being interviewed every day. Like, are you the right one? No, thank you. Yes. No. Yes. And so that dance, you can get really disappointed or excited and kind of keeping it fairly even. Some I'm going to win, some I'm not. So I love that you have so many aha and beautiful moments to be grateful for. It just, it reframes your mind. It reframes your mind. So I want to look, I'm I'm on your website and I want to look, let's see, your books, Bruised to Beautiful, Lessons from a Banana, Be the Exception, Gratitude Journal, The Pineapple Principle, A Companion Guide to Be the Exception, Paths, detours, and possibility. Even your your book titles are motivational, right? <laughs> I hope so. They motivate. They really are. It's it's just fun to look and to see, you know, the happiness in what you do. And I I think, you know, obviously you practice your speeches and you you work hard at what you do, but just the persona, right, of being a happy person attracts other happy people. Yeah. For the most, part. and I hope it's not so it becomes. Plan. I hope it's really, and and I'm not always happy either. I want to be clear. I'm always, people yeah. say, Annie, you're the same person on the stage as off the stage. So when I'm sad, I'm sad, and I don't apologize for being sad. Life can be challenging, right. but when I'm happy, I'm happy, and I do my best. Not always, but I do my best most days to say, "What are you going to look at? What are you going to pay attention to? The good or the bad? What yeah. choice are you going to make?" So this isn't how you thought it would stay out. Play it, play out. You have a detour. What are you going to decide? So I love, my hope always is that the title says to people, I want to read more. What if, what if there's something yeah. bruised in me and I can make it beautiful? What if this is just a detour right. and there's still possibility, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's very important. So when we're, how did you get, I mean, I, I've read enough about you based on your bio and stuff. So you were a banker <laughs> and then you were trading. So institutional trading, not retail brokers, not a bank, but on the floor, like you see in the movie wall street, where people are yelling with an assistant oh, wow. to traders. So 440 people on one floor in downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. For Piper. Yes. Yeah. That sounds like a little stressful oh, job. Me. Especially yeah. there's 20 women out of the 440 of us. I was I was going to say, if that was early on in your career, how many women were in the yeah. room? Yeah. So you did that and then you decided to own a gym. So that's a little bit of a, a switch. A deeper, right? um, I was 30 when U.S. Bank bought Piper. And so I had just had our third child. And so I retired from U.S. Bank right after they bought it from Piper. And then I stayed home with the kids until I think I was 37, 36. 
And then we bought our first gym in a small town. And a year later, we opened our second gym in a big city um, and did that for 12 years and learned that health, only one part of health is your physical. There's your financial, your emotional, your spiritual, all of it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not sure you know, I worked for the YMCA for 30 yeah, years. Yeah, I think we did talk about that once. But I, yeah, yeah. I yeah, that's right. So I, I totally get it's it, and the YMCA is always spirit, mind, and body. And it's all three. Yes. It really is all three that have to work together. And the older we get, and I know you're not claiming to be in the 50 club and neither am I because I'm in the 60 club, but that's okay. <laughs> the older we get, the health portion becomes, or at least for, for me, more important, but it's not about fitness anymore. It truly is about That's health right. and feeling good. It's not so much about, although I, I do want to fit in my favorite pair of jeans, but it's not about that as much anymore. It's about how can I move? How can I live longer? You know, I've got seven grandkids. I want to be here to see them grow as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of those things. So your focus changes, you know, in that arena. But then you made the loop, the jump straight from the gym into motivation, or did you do that side by side for a while? Yeah, yes, I did do it side by side for a little bit. In fact, I worked at the Y while I owned a gym when I had started my coaching practice. I was being interviewed for a TV commercial, like on entrepreneurs in the Twin Cities. And this woman said to me, okay, so I get that you love Snap Fitness, you love helping people, you love these Advocare supplements I work with, but who are you really? And I'm like, oh, I'm a motivational speaker. I'm going to speak in stadiums with 10 to 20 to 30,000 people. And she's like, well, is anyone paying you now? And I'm like, no, but. And I was like, I had spoken a lot in the churches. So I spoke to junior high, senior high um, kids ministry, then women's ministry, then women's retreats. And when you own a gym, or at least when we owned a gym, companies would come to me and say, hey, Annie, will you come and speak on health and wellness? Because I was really about seven areas of health and wellness. And I was always trying to say, I'm never going to say you have to get to the gym or you have to eat this. I'm always going to say, here's a basket full of a hundred ideas. Pick the three that work with for you or the one and start and build on it. So I started speaking to organizations about the gym and about health and wellness and mindset. And then my chiropractor was doing a big conference and uh, he wanted me to train his staff on goal setting. And he's like, I'll pay you. And I'm like, pay me. Wow. And so I got $250. That was my first paycheck. And then um, when that woman interviewed me, she introduced me to Mark Blanc with NSA. And he said, join the Academy, sign up, become a professional speaker. And when I walked in my first meeting in Minnesota, I felt like I was home and I was like, these are the people that get that I have something inside of me that it's not optional for me to not speak and teach paid or unpaid all over the world because people feel hopeless. And I know how to stay hopeful in the hard things. Yeah. And you know, we, we started early on in the conversation talking about people are lonely. Um, I have a friend who is a researcher and she writes articles and she does research on supplements and all this kind of stuff. She's way, way smart. <laughs> um, but she, I think last week or this week doesn't matter, but one of her articles was on social isolation and, and it's a real concern. And we think we, we see everybody on social media. We see everybody, you know, 
really on social media. <laughs> Quite frankly, it's probably the end of the sentence. But we're really not connected. And I put a thing on um, Facebook, our boss lady community this week, and it said work from home, not work. You know, you kind of pick one. And one of the questions is meet in person or meet online. And while there's been a variety of answers to all the questions, that one across the board has been meet in person. Mm. And I, I, I commented on there that it's fascinating to see no matter what our other answers are, we are all feeling that we need to be in person. Mm. You know, it's great. And I love Zoom and I'm thankful for it you know, because it does make our life easier, but it doesn't take the place and you can be lonely would, sitting behind the. Screen. I would say it's the biggest, without a doubt, um, stress in our world. I think that isolation has led to increased anxiety, increased depression, increased um, fear, social awkwardness. I was just talking to someone yesterday, and they right. went to a live networking event, and they're like, "People do not know how to talk." And I said, "Oh, I'll get done speaking, yeah. and men and women will line up to me and say." How do you do that? How do you just talk to everyone? And what we used to take for granted or call soft skills are really essential skills. And even the people that are comfortable working at home, and there are benefits to it, I think they're just gotten so used to it comfortable that they forgot that we needed each other. And so I'm a, I'm a right. huge component, opponent of get back to the workplace at least one or two days a week. Because when a Zoom meeting ends, right. I click leave. I don't say, Teresa, how are you? Did you go to the beach last week? Now, what are you making for dinner? I'm done. done. Right. We have lost that natural yeah. connection with humanity. And we were not created to be solo beings. We were created for community, connection, conversation, right. and loneliness kills us. So I do talk about gratitude, yes. And I do support all people that talk about gratitude. But for me, my big belief and why I have that gratitude journal is I did a video about it and I said, gratitude is good. I have a place to live. I have good food. I have a good job. But gratitude only leads to a good life. If you want a great life, I have to get out of myself and say, what did I do for Teresa? What did I do for my neighbor? What mm -hmm. did I give today? So I say great life is about a generous life. Well, if I live alone and I work alone, I only think about myself. So I think about I'm sad. Right. I don't feel good. I don't like how I look. I don't have enough money. I, I, I. And depression can not necessarily go away but can be relieved or lessened when I start to think, I wonder what I could do for Teresa. Well, I'm really bummed out mm. about what's happening, but I wonder what's going on with someone else's life. When I get out of myself and too much time alone, unfortunately makes us so self-focused and so focused, unfortunately for many people on what doesn't work rather than what doesn't. Right. So I know we are creative for community. I love that you guys are going to gather face to face in your boss community. I love that because I mean, even if I think I don't really want to, I'm uncomfortable, get there and be uncomfortable. And you might make a brand right. new friend yeah. that you have a four hour lunch with. Right. I mean, just I, so yeah. beautiful. I love that you're creating that. So thank you. Yeah, it, it's great. It, it, there's nothing like when you get a group of women together, there's just power in that and there's fun and there's energy. <laughs> um, a friend of mine and I are working on a reflections book. And so we meet every Thursday for two hours and we write and we you know, work together. And today, one of the chapters, we were actually writing one of the practices for this particular chapter was to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, how can I help you? What can I do for you? And then listen, listen, don't try to 
give them your advice and your thoughts and your best intended wisdom, just listen, because sometimes that's all they need to know that somebody picked up the phone and somebody cared. And um, we don't do enough of that. We're all busy, but are we busy in the right ways? You know, one year I decided I didn't want anyone to call me busy anymore. I wanted to be filled. Yes. My plate is full, but it is full of exactly what I want and who I want and how I want it. And I am so grateful because I used to be busy right. and now I'm just fulfilled. And I love that question at, you know, ask them what you can do for them and just listen. And one of my pieces that I teach in accountability is it is our human nature to do one of two things. When someone asks us to help them, we either save them. Oh, okay. I'll come over and I'll do that for you. Or we shame them. Well, you should have done that by now. How do you not know that you're already 40, you're 50, you're 25. You should know that. And I say, don't shame and don't save, but instead listen and then support support them in being right. successful and doing what they, what they desire to do. Yeah. Great, great advice. Yeah. So often when you tell someone or someone tells you, we say, Oh, I know because, and then you launch into this story about yourself and forget that the whole purpose was about them. And, and we don't always do that stuff intentionally, but it's just kind of our human nature sometimes to do that because we do like to talk about ourselves and, and, you know, we, we can be the best helpful and, and we can motivate. We don't have to be a motivational speaker to motivate other people. Right. That's right. You know, and sometimes we have the opportunity to motivate every person we come into contact with one way or the other. Yes. I think, Every single person. I love your idea of just listening too, because after the hurricane, it's easy when you're going through a trauma to isolate yourself because people trauma mm-hmm. dump on you and they don't mean to, but they want to share. Right. And I, after the hurricane, one of my friends said, you didn't call me back. And I said, I literally could not talk to one more person because when I told people how hard it was, they would want to tell me about their fire or tornado or hurricane. And I did not have capacity in that moment to hold it, which I think goes back, Teresa, to something you said earlier of like, so we need to know when to have boundaries. We need to know and go, I love boundaries. you, but I need a boundary Absolutely. just for this moment for my own healing and self-care and to keep right. going. I have to have a boundary about who I talk to or how much I talk to people. So, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I know, again, for our listeners, you know, if you're, we're both in the state of yeah. Florida and there were two back-to-back hurricanes last year, and Annie's home was one of the tragic, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, victims of that. But you, as we talked earlier on, you're, you're beginning to see the light. You're not in the house. Back then, it was a condo on the beach, correct? So you were whew, quite literally in the eye of the storm. But I remember, Annie, that morning after when you still did your LinkedIn live the next morning. And um, yeah, it was powerful. <laughs> I still can't talk about uh, crying. That day was powerful because we were all in a funk. We all either got hit or we had people that got yeah. hit and we felt helpless, you know, helpless. So um, kudos to you for, for literally doing what you say you do and what you ask other people to do, you know? Yeah. So, whoa, sorry. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> I cry too. I, I am writing this book about it. And when I was reading it, I was just sobbing. And then I was like, I'm okay with that. That was really, really hard and real and wrong. Yeah. And I didn't know. I really didn't know what I was doing. I was just being myself as I often am. 
Yeah. What, was, what was a gift, there's always gifts in it, if I pay attention, is that people wrote to me, Teresa, and they were going through a divorce. And they were going through a nah. loss. And what they were saying to me is, you articulate so well what I feel in my heart, but I can't always. Mm. Thank you for being brave enough to share your experience and to show us that we're all going to heal together, whatever their stories were. So they weren't trauma dumping. They were like sending me these, like, I watch you every day because it reminds me life's hard, but we still get to get up and keep going. Life's hard. But if right. Annie's doing it, I can do it. Life's hard, but if I can be like Annie, I, and I'm like, I'm not saying everyone needs to be like me. I'm saying there was gifts inside of that. And for me, it was cathartic mm-hmm. and healing to go on LinkedIn live and say, Hey, you guys, here's where I'm at. And I'm scared, but I'm going to keep right. going or I'm terrified or I don't know where I'm going next. I mean, we moved, I think this is our sixth move from the time the hurricane yes. hit us to, you know, we were able to stay with Stephen and Elizabeth, who are our speaker friends, but I had only met Stephen briefly and we worshiped together at an influence event and treat Elizabeth I had never met. And they let us stay there as emergency housing for three weeks. And then we moved to another apartment for two weeks and then to another uh, house that we shared with another couple that was displaced and then into someone else's house and then back to the condo for a little bit. But water, our, we lost three walls and two floors, you know, came rushing and the oh. wind and the ceiling fan. I mean, it was, it was a horrible experience. It's standing and it's going to be safe again someday, but I am safe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're, we're glad to know that you're safe, you know, and you find that that's really the most important, right? At the end of the day, you know, I have a feeling that there are people that listen to you. Some of those that have written to you, others you've never heard from that could probably say they don't know you, but you're their best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that thought. Thank you for that. You probably have those same people out there. So listen, we could talk all day. I so appreciate you. And uh, I look forward to to having more time together. I'll see you soon at the Speakers Association uh, national event coming up here in Orlando. But tell us where we can find all things Annie. You know, I know you do the live LinkedIn and we never even did say the name of that. Yeah, I just do. It's just Annie Meehan. It's always, I try to make it easy. Lately, I've been doing a lot of videos on YouTube. So I love for people to subscribe to YouTube. Um, But I'm on LinkedIn almost every day. I've got my website as Annie Meehan. Um, I'm all about Annie. Whatever you, if you Google Annie Meehan, go to the one that's easiest for you, whatever social media. (laughs) platform you know i know everybody has their favorites yeah and it's m-e-e-h-a-n as a nancy correct Mm -hmm. annie man awesome so thank you so much (laughs) i knew this would be fun and i knew you know we i laugh because you know one of the things i always tell my guests is you know i try to keep it around 30 minutes but somehow i had a feeling we would go over (laughs) so if you're listening no you know some days You just need a little longer to make things happen. So I hope you stayed with us all the way to the end because there were lots of fun conversations. This was a fun conversation with lots of humor and wisdom and advice and love in it. So I'm going to end the conversation with my grandfather's quote. He always told us when he was alive to stop and take time to smell the roses. So until we meet again, take care. Thank you, Tristan.